Item 1. If you want a press pass for a major convention, be prepared to be treated as press. Crazy notion, right? I'm not going to mention the person on Twitter that brought this up, but I have to bring the topic up because this person is under some really false pretenses about just what is going on here when it comes to the relationship between big national cons and the press. And while, in the end, this person got what they wanted, it galls me that the outcome has been initiated not because the convention itself did anything wrong, but because of this person's own ignorance. This is The Daily Rios, episode 264. You know what it says on a box of chocolate pudding mix? Caution! Pudding will get hot when heated. Go to a hotel. You know what it says on the shower cap in the bathroom? Fits one head. You wear a shower cap? I read. And I'm dying to know the suit that prompted lawyers to insist on the shower cap directions. Look at the box your iron came in. It says, warning, do not iron clothes while wearing them. Do we really have to slow down for these people? Let me set the scene. A comic journo, which is their own manner of describing themselves, applies to New York Comic Con for a press pass and then tweets that it's appalling that said convention is pulling personal information off of their registration forms and distributing it without permission. Let's debunk this a little bit. First of all, if you're applying as press, you are applying as press. It's not the con's job to determine what is public and what is private information. And if you have any concerns about that, there are steps that you should take, not the convention. You are registering to a con to get free press passes because you are telling them, I'm press, I want to cover your show, here are my credentials. You aren't applying as a regular attendee. Your information isn't personal. It's press information to be shared with the convention's customers so that those customers can get the proper coverage out to the masses. So applying for a press pass, there are expectations. It's the reason why, after submitting my own information to conventions such as San Diego and New York Comic Con or C2E2, both of those uh, are Reed Expo shows, since 2005, it's the reason why I get a deluge of emails from publishers and exhibitors looking for coverage, either on my site, if applicable, or at the show itself, when I was with uh, the CGS podcast, I knew that the relationship was free press, press pass, I do coverage. And let it be known, I have never been called, ever, in the six plus years I produced Comic Geek Speak and gave all my press credentials, I have never been called on the phone. What I have been is emailed, as I said. Also, I've been sent packages, comp copies of books and comics that are debuting at uh, big cons or coming out months later because I've labeled myself as press and they want coverage and that's my role. Here's what I didn't do. I didn't give out my home address. I mean, seriously, who does that? If you're registering for press and you have and you have some concern, some legitimate concern about sharing private information, and then you give out that private information as press, that's on you. So let's get back to the tweet. Another notion, distributing information without permission, that's what was written. Wrong. More debunking. New York Comic Con has a policy that took me all of not even 30 seconds to find on their website. 
What do they always tell you about contracts and such? Read the fine print. And damn, this is some large fine print that they have. This is right from their privacy policy. That, by the way, is not only on the site, but it's also in every email that I get from, from Reed. And I'm not even going to New York Comic Con this year. And it states, Reed Exhibitions and New York Comic Con respect the information provided by our customers. Because we gather certain types of information when our customers communicate with us, we believe you should fully understand the terms and conditions surrounding the information we capture and the use of that information. This privacy, privacy statement discloses the type of information we capture about our customers, how we use it to communicate with our customers, and how you can request to no longer receive communications from New York Comic Con. Professional information includes, but is not limited to, name, address, company name, company address, phone number, fax number, and email address, as well as questions answered on survey or registration forms. Data captured during a customer's visit to the New York Comic Con website, as well as during a visit with a New York Comic Con customer, is also considered professional information and may also be stored in our customer database for our internal use. Professional information may be, upon the consent of New York Comic Con, shared with other organizations or New York Comic Con customers for the purpose of facilitating business relationships believed by Reed to be in our customers' best interests. It's all there. There's the permission. There's the relationship. Everything. You just didn't take the time to look for it. You wanted that free pass. You wanted to get into the con. And that's it. Everything this person is ignorant about. Because it's now the norm to just rant about things on Twitter which is nothing more than stomping your feet until you get what you want. Everything this person is ignorant about is spelled out. And again, I use ignorant as, as the true definition. You didn't know it, but you also didn't take the time out to look for it. Once again, if you register as press, press, you are expected to do some shit for the convention. You are expected to cover the con before the con. You are expected to work at the con to do this coverage. And the way they do that is through your information that you provide. Now let's give this all perspective. Here's what the relationship was with CGS and New York Comic Con, a podcast and a major national convention, since their first show in 2006. That first year, because it was a new show, and because we reached out to them, as did many podcasts, especially the New York-based ones, we were listed as one of its sponsors. We even had our emblem on their display gates to the convention along with all the other sponsors. We did interviews before the show with the organizers. We ran sponsorships that they paid us no money for. We did interviews at the con. We talked about the con after the con. We hyped it up. We were excited. A major national con at our doorstep? Awesome. I even managed to get a t-shirt after the event because I didn't get one at the show. Now why did we do all that? because they were kind enough to let this one-year-old-plus podcast into their national show for free. They were excited for new media coverage. They were, they were really nicer to us than they had any right to be. And the next year, there was a podcast arena, and we were in for free. Press passes and a free table? I mean, come on. Wow. 
I think that went on for two more years. Now, uh, we had a location. It was Podcast Arena or Podcast Alley, I think it was called, or maybe it was Arena. We could plan events. We could plan interviews at our table, real coverage uh, as it was happening on the floor of the show. Again, they didn't have to do it. They wanted to. Then Reed said, after a few years, okay, we need to start charging for those tables. And it really was a nothing charge. It was certainly cheaper than getting an, an exhibitor table or maybe even Artist Alley. And why? Because they knew the benefit of having podcasts there. They saw what we did. We did interviews. They knew which shows were doing interviews. Our listeners met up with us there. People were coming to the show to see their favorite podcasts, to do meetups, to sit at, sit at uh, our trivia panel when we did one. They could have sold that space. Reed could have sold that space and made more money, but they took a chunk of space to help promote us while we were promoting them. And all we had to do was give them publicity for the con for a few weeks, months ahead of time on our podcast as sponsorships, more interviews with the organizers, interviews with creators who would attend, placing the con on our contour shirts, promotion, 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 tit for mother bleeping tat. If you saw me at a con, you saw me working, doing interviews, lining up interviews, finding new artists and comics to rave about, working the floor, hustling. Why? Because that's what you do. Of course I shopped. Of course I bought books. Of course I schmoozed. Of course I sat at the booth when I needed a break. But I worked. And I have proof of all that work over multiple CGS episodes. And that's what they expect all press to do. Make yourself available. So they had my phone number. Guess what? I gave it to them. You want to be press and you're concerned about your privacy policy? Set up a P.O. box. Set up a, a Google Voice number. They aren't just looking at you as an individual. They're looking at you, as they said in the privacy policy, as a means to set up relationship relationships with their customers, the other exhibitors, to get the word out. It really is the reason why New York Comic Con and San Diego have cracked down on press res registration. Because too many people were applying, but not pooling their weight. You only put out one po podcast before the con? What kind of coverage is that for them? You only have a Tumblr page or, you know, a few Twitter followers or a blog that you rarely update? Where's the value in that for Reed? They needed to start cracking down. Do you see how many people go to that fucking show and you want to get in for free but not cover it? Or you want to get in for free but you don't fully understand the process? I'm sorry, you deserve to be ignored. But if they see you as a viable means, you better work. So, the outcome of all this foot stomping is New York Comic Con will now more or less remove phone numbers and addresses from the information that they spread. Fine. Great. This person got what they wanted. You know what? There goes your com copies. And while I, again, I, I can certainly understand this person's concern for safety reasons and other things. Now, I certainly don't know what kind of coverage they'll be providing, Although I looked at their website, and guess what? There's nothing there, just a, a contact form to supply info for future announcements. But, hmm, where's your privacy policy, comic journal? So, again, while I certainly understand this person's concern, and they have every right to it, in the end, 
They didn't understand the process. In the end, they went about it in a childish, unprofessional, and cringeworthy manner. Press registrations. You want to be press? Be press. Earn it. For years, the truth was hidden. People from other times, other worlds, heroes. But now we know they're among us. Item two, something positive, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Marvel returns to TV, it's entertaining, it's light, it's a first episode of a longer series. I enjoyed it. I'm willing to let them lay the groundwork down and see where it goes. I had fun watching it with my girlfriend uh, while tweeting with other people who were also watching it. Getting this nice interactive experience, really, it, it helped to make it fun. Like watching a scary movie and, and wanting to be tense and wanting to scream. Speculating about it was fun while I was watching it, seeing who was uh, watching it on Twitter and, and reading their reactions, seeing the very Marvel aspects of the show. Now, granted, right from 10 seconds in, my girl said that it was totally riffing on Heroes, and it was and is, and it's riffing on a lot of other different shows, but that's okay. It'll find its way or it won't. This isn't me being a comic fan and, and going, you have to like it and you have to watch it. I haven't even seen one episode of Arrow yet, and I'm still two seasons away from finishing Smallville. So who cares? Watch it. Don't watch it. I don't care if uh, you didn't watch it and, and you have this need to say I didn't watch it, right? Peter, I'm not going to watch it. Great. Go watch something you do want to watch, and don't tell me about what you aren't going to watch. I could give two shits. Which leads me to two things. <laughs> First off, if you saw it, and if you didn't like it, fine, awesome, great. No skin off my teeth. I'm not getting rich off this show. But the need to always give a dissenting opinion without really discussion, if that's a course you take often, that is so boring to me. So I say I like it, and I give you 20 reasons why. And then someone on Twitter or a forum writes, I didn't watch it, or they write, I saw it, I hated it, and that's it. Who are you? Who are you that you feel like that's discussion? Or that has anything to do with the conversation at hand? Well, it's my opinion. Yeah, I, who cares? I'm so tired of genuine people asking for thoughts on a book or a TV show that they liked, and they want to discuss it, and they want to discuss it, both the pros and the cons, and the first responses are all soundbite negative bullshit. Guess what? You're off topic. And I'm going to call you on it every fucking single time. If someone says, I liked this, can we talk about this? This didn't work. This kind of worked. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And your first response is, I didn't read it. I hate it. I'm never going to read it. You're a jagoff, to use Uncle Sal's term. Second thought, just because I enjoyed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., just because I was was excited during it, doesn't automatically mean I'm calling it the greatest thing ever. Just just like I do with reviews, I'm judging it based on its own merit. I don't care about what it, how it compares to Arrow. I don't care about any other type of agency show. I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Get your peanut butter out of my chocolate. 
Welcome to Check, Please, a collection of art on guest checks. My name is Super Ugly, and I'm an artist out of the San Francisco Bay Area. For the last few years, I've been curating an art blog named Guest Checks. I got all my amazing artist friends together and had them draw anything they wanted to on the checks that waiters write your order on. I wanted the blog to lead to an art book and then to an art show, which would give all these artists more exposure. Well, that book is Check, Please. A 9x9, full-color, 80-page hardcover book with over 150 checks by such artists as Nate Van Dyke, Dave Correa, Matt136, Skinner, Robert Bowen, Sam Flores, and so many more. The book is ready to be made. We just need help with the production costs. I have been self-publishing my own books for years, but to truly give you guys the product that this project deserves, I wanted to put out something that would rival even the biggest publishing houses. So to incentivize you guys to become a part of Check Please, I put together some great rewards. With cotton rag prints, t-shirts, original artwork from guest check artists, a large Nate Van Dyke print, and even original guest checks before they're hung for sale at the Guest Checks Art Show. This project is important to me because I have such talented friends whose art you may not be familiar with, but deserves to be seen. And this is a great format. This book has something for everyone. I'm a huge art book nerd, and selfishly, I really just want to put this one on my shelf. So please take some time to check out our rewards, follow us on Facebook and Twitter for any updates and added rewards, and thank you very much. Item 3, Thor, God of Thunder, 1-11 through 11 by Jason Aaron, Isad Ribic, Dean White and company, it's the God Butcher story, is the finest story arc of Marvel Now's first wave. Execution, story, art, concept, all of it. Perhaps the origin story of Gore was a small hiccup in the road, but all the rest, totally worth it. Not every title needs to strive to be this kind of isolated story within a larger publisher universe, but when it's this good, it deserves to be given a pat on the back. I don't necessarily want all my comics to be like this, although the art was pretty amazing. I don't even mean I want all my comics to look like that, but if they could have the same kind of consistency and high quality, no matter what the style is, that would be amazing. So Thor God of Thunder 1 through 11. If you're any fan of Thor, if you're any fan of Marvel, I have to imagine this is something that read as a whole uh, is going to uh, stoke your fire and, and, and hit home with you. So there you go. And item number four, if you only listen to the podcast, all, you know, two episodes that I put out since year two began. Be sure to check out the website. I've moved a couple things there. Timeline Tuesday is there. Previews is there. And, of course, New Comics Wednesday, and uh, which I still have to do tonight. And I'll continue to do so, and hopefully in a more frequent manner. All because there's a lot of stuff that I think works visually, especially if it has a lot of links. And they're really short. You don't have to do a lot of reading. There's a lot of clicking to be had and some fun image images. So try it out. Uh, also, uh, Ryan Senyo wants the return of Feedback Friday. And you know what? So do I. So send me messages. Peter at thedailyreels.com. This has been The Daily Reels for Wednesday, September 25th, 2013. Talk to you later. I gotta go. Bye.